You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, this is going to be the last episode of Spring 2023 Worshipology. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to be taking June and July off to do some recording, working on a few different projects, and traveling with the family. But don't you worry, we'll be right back in August with new episodes with more worship leaders, pastors, songwriters, creatives, musicians. Uh, so definitely stay in touch. On our show notes, you can find information on how to support Worshipology, including getting the Worshipology book at worshipologybook.com. I encourage you, pick up a book for yourself and pick up some for your team. It's a great way to grow community and grow your heart for worship as a team. Uh, You can also find out more at curtisparks.com on how to support the show and stay in touch. I'm also on Instagram. Would love to connect with you guys over the summer. All right, here's my conversation with songwriter and pastor, Chase Wagner. Today, I'm joined by an incredible creative mind, uh, just a heart for the kingdom, heart for the church. Uh, Chase Wagner, say what's up, man. What's up, man? Curtis, thanks so much, <laughs> dude. Thanks for thanks for having me on this. Dude, so we were just talking, catching up over the last 10 minutes before we hit record, yeah. and uh, I think our paths crossed at least 10, nine years ago. Um, just through a lot of different songwriting circles. Of course, we had Dan Rivera on the podcast, oh, yeah. a close friend of yours not too long ago. And uh, But man, just for our listeners, why don't you just kind of share a little bit of your story? How'd you get started in, in songwriting and leading worship and even your 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 faith story, man? What was what was that like? Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, well one, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, you, you are an incredible songwriter yourself, and so I'm honored to be here. Um, oh, thanks, man. I was, I'm originally from the Seattle area, uh, kind of when I was 14, 15 years old, you know, I had a great youth pastor named Chad Veach, um, who was my youth pastor. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was our youth pastor before he was like, before he was with celebrities and doing his thing, like he was just a great youth pastor <laughs> for like 10 years and, and taught me how to read my Bible when I was 14 years old. And and I was, wow. you know, kind of in the emo, screamo, millennial era myself, you know what I mean? Like, and so <laughs> he was like, hey, what if you, you know, didn't do this and just for, just for, you know, shows like what if you did this for church and so um wow. so really fell in love with like you know what could creativity be in the church and all that sort of thing and we started doing annual live records and uh kind of learned how to do that to where when i was graduating college uh our college pastor andrew guard was like hey i randomly got this job at uh, this school called southeastern university seu in lakeland florida and he's like i know it's on the opposite side of the opposite side of the nation but you know would you want to come they kind of want to have a youth culture they want to you know get start doing annual live records, that sort of thing. Um, and I was like, I mean, random, I'm dating this Cuban girl from Central Florida, um, like, <laughs> like randomly. And he's like, you know, we'd pay you enough, you can get married and, you know, whatever. So I was 22. So that was 10 years ago. Wow. That was 10 years ago. And um, and yeah, man, so we, we made the move and and we saw God do some amazing things at SEU, um, kind of just start doing annual live records there and working with students and so many amazing students that just had such an impact on me, honestly. And uh, we saw God do amazing things on campus. Lakeland's like kind of a college town, so um, there's multiple universities here. And so kids started coming on Monday nights, getting saved, baptized at a thing called First Chapel that we would do. And then uh, Andrew and I were like, what if we didn't just do this for, you know, 18 to 22 year olds, but we did this for, you know, the 14 year old kid that I was and, you know, wow. the, the older people. And, and, and so we we're like, let's start a church. So we started a church called Grace City Church 
uh, seven years ago and kind of did both for a while of being creative pastor there and worship director at the school. And then we were like, you know, let's go all in church ministry. Um, and so we've been doing that the last, you know, probably five, six years now and just learning a lot. Um, kind of in the midst of that, kind of got you know into the writing thing. At church, our first EP was called Living with a Fire. And I, I'd stepped away from you know the big budgets and stuff of the school. We had started having like bigger budgets to do albums. And so we made our first mm-hmm. live record in, in, our ch- in our chapel like our, of 300 people for Grace City. And we overdubbed wow. it with one 414 microphone, everything on this, one, on, on yes. this one mic and this one little M-Audio interface. Like, you know, it's like church planning, like all, your, all you have like a hundred bucks a week and it all goes <laughs> to like batteries, like in, in, your right, wireless, right. in your wireless pack. So like, we're like, what if we want to still do music? And so... So we um, we made a little EP called Living with a Fire. Somehow Banning Liebscher got his hands on it. Um, and he cold called wow. me and he was like, dude, I, I don't know, you know, you don't know who I am, but I have this band called Jesus Culture with Chris and, uh, you know, Chris Kilala and Kim Walker. And I was like, yeah, I know who you are. Um, and he was yeah, like, man, yeah. we'd love this to be, <laughs> we'd love to, you know, this to be our next uh, title track of our next record. Like it's made a big impact on us. Um, and wow. so that kind of changed my life as a writer. It was nominated for a Grammy, the record was, and um, it was just kind of was like uh, kind of open doors for us and kind of our crew here in Lakeland. And so Lakeland's just kind of become its own, you know, little mini Nashville as far as in the worship world. There's just so many from between SEU and, and Grace City and um, Ryan Horton. There's a few other just like awesome, uh, just worship, wow. like worship things happening in the city. And so it's, it's been cool to see really God do that over the last 10 years. That's amazing, man. And I want to pause the conversation because that's just such a inspiring story on like just that song and of course how it made its hands. But like it's not like you guys were actively pursuing trying to get a song on a certain record. Right. Or or, or maybe maybe you were just trying to figure out like, hey, how do we do this here at home? How do we start a fire literally here at home? Right. And you know, I was just having this conversation with a guy, uh, you know, Kevin Weinbarger. He's a great mm. um you know, marketing dude in the music industry. And yeah. one, of, one of the things that he was just telling me was like, you know, if you can't start something at home, nobody really, it, it's not going to catch fire <laughs> right. in many other places, right? right, right Talk right, about so. that a little bit, because you guys have literally stewarded a movement at Grace City that has gone beyond your walls, but the focus was always on like who God's put in front of you guys. Yeah. And, and I mean, just encourage us a little bit in that, in a world where it's like, it seems like so many People are trying to write that song and hit that next mm, hit mm, mm. and and just go bigger than what God has kind of called them to steward in the right now. How do you how do you steward what God has given you and you're faithful to that while also um, realizing that man, if he wants to take it beyond that, it's it's him. Great question, Curtis. Well 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 said. I you know, I think it's so hard to 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 believe in ourselves, right? It's so hard mm. to believe in there's so much there of like God believing in us. And we use words like called all the time, right? Like I'm called mm-hmm. to be a worship leader. I'm called to be a songwriter. And it's like, wait, do you really believe you're like called by yeah. an, like a ma- like creator God of the universe to do something? It's like none of us actually act like that. <laughs> it's like we're, Dude, we're, we're, we're all on. so insecure with ourselves. And so I think uh, to wow. be faithful with what we have in our hands and to just go, okay, I know I'm called to to be, you know, a worship leader. I felt, I felt that, you know, like I talked about when I was 14, 15. And so like, so whether it's a hundred bucks a week for the, for the batteries, whether it's, you know, (laughs) like, like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for an album budget or whatever, it's like, go, man, what's God's put in my hands and just being obedient. And, you know, I, I love creating in the church in general, like I said, like, and whether a song never makes it on a record or never, 
gets played outside of your church or never streams a million or, or never, um, you know, wins an award. It's like there's, there's nothing like creating in the church that builds your team together and builds the church. Creativity builds the church, period. You know what I mean? And so, wow. that, so wow. that's that's just helped me with my teams, with volunteers, <laughs> with buildings, so like with with churches. Like, man, let's always be working on something. Let's always be because there's nothing like those rehearsals, um, those times in the studio that like really like bring you together as brothers and sisters too. You know what I mean? And so, so that's that's been really it. It, it builds the church regardless. Talk about that a little bit because I think when you're uh, talking to maybe just your your standard pastor in America, creativity might not be the first thing that comes to mm, mind mm. in the thought of building a church and building the kingdom. How do you guys do that at Grace City? And, you know, I mean, you and uh, Pastor Andrew, y- y'all have been working together uh, in this context for the last seven years, like you just said. Right. What's that been like, you know, as the worship pastor, as the creative pastor, uh, working with a lead pastor mm. so close in proximity as you guys have seen this thing grow? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what I'm, I've been so blessed with is just the longevity of, you know, Andrew was our college pastor. When Chad Chad was a high school pastor, Andrew was a college pastor. So our relationship goes back to when I was 14, 15 years old. Um, so and, cool. and, and so now, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm 33 and and we're still doing this thing together. And so, and that really can't be replaced. You know, I think there's something to say about being longevity, longevity with people, forgive, wow. forgiveness, patience, um, you know, and, and just learning to walk, like keeping a fence far from you to where you can really have relationships that obviously are far from perfect, but um, we get to reap the, the benefits of that, you know? And I, I kind of say, yeah, Andrew's probably the last pastor I'm working for because <laughs> I don't want to do this yeah, again. Awesome. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, start, <laughs> start this thing over again. Um, and so, yeah, man, I think that's obviously, as you know, because you've, um, you've, you've, you've done so, so much in local church and lead pastoring and, and all, all that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's a very, and if it's in Andrew's heart, it's in his heart as well. And if it's not, it's not, you know, it's like if I could plan the greatest mm. guitar solo of all time at, during So Will I, <laughs> you know, like during So Will I, yeah. I, I could plan the greatest guitar solo, but it's like, if, if that's not in God's heart, I mean, not in God's heart, in our pet lead pastor's heart, it's not, it's not in, it's not in the cards. <laughs> and so wow. it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's, <laughs> then it's not an awesome guitar solo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cultivating a creative church um, to not just in in your call, but one of the things that I know you do so well just from talking to people is you cultivate that in others. You draw out the potential. You draw out the creativity. It's not the Chase Wagner show. It never has been. It's about, hey, how do, how do we do this thing together? For those who are listening and maybe they're worship pastors or they're part of a worship team, how do you champion creativity in others? How do you cultivate that atmosphere where it's like, this is who we are. This is what we do, and you're a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, something that we've we've said over the last ten years is like just bring who you are to the table and be yourself yeah. to the maximum. So going like, oh man, like we've never when we started SE Worship, we were never like, oh man, it's gonna become this thing that has this big pop sound, or it's gonna become this thing that, or Grace City is gonna be this thing that has, you know, a big a lot a lot, a lot of electric guitars out front, or has big you mm-hmm. know kind of anthemic stuff going on. It's like we never thought that it was more like let's just all bring who who we are to the table you know what i mean and if that's, so the, good. that's so good. The, the kid that has the gospel background if that's the kid that has a latin background if that's the kid that um you know we, we're in florida so we have a lot of latin stuff like a lot of latin influence and great latin yeah. worship spanish-speaking worship leaders and 
um, and kind of had that over the last 10 years at SEU as well. And so I'm just going like, just bring that to the table and, um, you know, just be yourself to the maximum. It's like, I, I always, we always tell our worship leaders, like, we don't need you to be something you're not. We just need more of you. We just need whoever you are, wow. like, like turn that up three notches. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and I, and I really think that about like all people that I respect. Like I'll go back to like Chad, who was my, like my youth pastor growing up, like, do I love how good of a preacher he is and how he can get into these Pentecostal runs or like these, you know, the, the way he communicates <laughs> and can, can communicate about staff and, and like, is that what I love? Or do I just love him? Do I just love wow. how tall he is and like his goofy class, like his goofy <laughs> glasses and his smile? It's like, oh no, that's what I love about him. You know what I mean? It's like, I've never wow. met, I've never met Joel Houston, but it's like, what do I love about Joel Houston? Do I love, is, do I love that he wrote The Stand? And that he's written, yeah. you know, like he's he's won these awards, or he's like, you know, led this global worship movement. Or do I just like how tall he is and his beard and his accent? It's like, <laughs> no, I actually just like that. It's like so. It's like the essence of who we are individually. That's actually what inspires people. What like we're wow. all kind of drawn to in each other. And so just telling our, our leaders, like, hey, figure that out for yourself and turn that up, like you know. Uh, three notches because that's what we need. We need you to just be, you know, an exaggerated version of yourself. And, um, and that's, that's worked really, really well for us. One of the things that just kind of jumped out at me is that, you know, we so often get so fixed on, on music and songs and set lists and, and all that comes with, you know, just Sunday mornings really. But at the end of the day, it's about people, yes, you know, you, yes, you're yes, talking about, do, yes. I, do I love what he's done and all the uh, accolades or do I just love this, this guy? Do I just love Chad? Do I just love Andrew? Do I right. just love the people on my team? And uh, we actually just had a team night last night and our lead pastor actually came and shared with our team. And, uh, you know, he was like, Hey man, leading well is done from your strengths, but loving well yes. is done from your weaknesses yes. and, and the vulnerability and the authenticity and uh, how have you seen that, especially working so uh, closely with with Gen Z and students and, um, you know, because I think, you know, there's two, there's two mindsets, you know, there's like this old dictatorship mindset. But what I'm seeing is more of this democratic mindset where people do just exactly what you talked about, inviting voices to the table. Hey, be you. I love that. Turn it up three notches, you know, right. like we need you to be you and, and you're you got to see it at this table. How do you do that so well? And, and what's a challenge that you can issue? you chase just on how we can love better yeah. as worship teams worship leaders but more than that just as followers of Jesus yeah 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 there's there's a new documentary that just dropped on Hulu and it's it's all about kind of it's called the secrets of Hillsong um, I I wouldn't mm. recommend it to people in the church because I feel like it's uh, at the end of the day it kind of tears down it's a deconstructionist thing you know what I mean it, it just tears yeah, down church yeah. and goes like you kind of leave going, well, is church a good thing? Yes, it's a good thing. I think we, I think church <laughs> um, is a really good thing. But something that was great in in the documentary, um, I, I would recommend the documentary to all staff people. I think there's so wow. many PR lessons. There's so many, uh, if you're a leader, you know, I would recommend it to the lay person in the church. But if you're a leader, I think it's a must watch um, because there's just so many lessons. And one of them is they have a, a therapist and kind of a, a someone that analyzes churches in the documentary professionally. And that person's like, when, mm. when, the, when growth and the importance of growth surpasses the care for people, that's when we have wow. a problem in nonprofit. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, that's, wow. that's kind of where we, and I think that like, man, that's such a good, like when the growth matters more than, than the people, 
Um, and and, the, and that mm. the importance put on that surpasses the care for people. That's when things go sour. And so I think there's not because there's nothing wrong with wanting our churches to grow or our nonprofits to yeah. grow or our bands to grow or the reach of our music to grow. Um, all that stuff is fun and should be fun, and that's the dreams that God's like put in our hearts. But when that stuff surpasses the ultimate care care for people and the importance of caring for people on our teams. Um, that's when things go sideways, right? And I was like, man, that's such wow. a great, that's, that really affected me. And I was like, that's such a great lesson. And it's, it's so true. And do we do it right all the time? Like, no, like, like that, like we get it wrong a lot of the time. And do we drop balls a lot in caring for people? Like, yes, like all the time. Mm. And do I do that personally? Like, yes, but like to the best of my ability and my caring for people, uh, you know, we say at Grace City a lot, like, Grace, we're, we're working on plans for, like, a, our first building, like, our first building that we've ever built, which is, like, we're excited. We just rented wow. and leased. And so working on plans, and we were working with the architect, and he said, Chase, like, how would you describe, you know, Grace City maybe in two words, like, Grace City music, like, to, like, to what you do? How do you describe that in maybe two words? And I was like, honestly, creativity and hospitality. And I was wow. like, and it's kind of a 50-50 split. Of like, I need the space in this new building, like obviously for the creativity, because that's what God calls to do. But the other half, I just need, I need everything to be centered around hospitality, taking care of the 40 leaders that come to church every Sunday and help me do, you know, worship and production. Wow. Like, like the the hospitality has to be at least on the same level and giving them, you know, we have a volunteer-based culture, um, you know, and I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. If you pay your musicians, that's so rad to like like do that we have a volunteer based culture and so we have yeah, you know, but yeah mom, mom and dads and 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 people that are there when they're you know one day of their weekend at church and so how are we giving them an awesome experience and how uh that they leave going man that was such a great you know we're doing four services now on a sunday and it's like how do i make mm. this not feel like a nightmare and how, <laughs> how do I, and how do i make like make them leave going like this is this was so special and i can't wait for next week so those those are just things that are on my mind Man, I love that. In all my years of of talking with worship teams, worship leaders, I don't think I've ever heard creativity placed right next to hospitality. Mm. And and I think one of those things that we're finding out, because kind of in a similar vein, Chase, like we just went to four services. Yeah. We're trying to find ways of, uh, you know, making our team feel known, cared, and and loved. Yeah. Um. And, and I think. That's the big thing, right? It's like the hospitality side of it, it, it is a spiritual gift. And I think I know why. But my wife like thrives <laughs> in hospitality. Like if yeah. you're coming to our house, right. like we're gonna have fun if you if you come and hang with me, but you're gonna get fed and cared for right. if you hang yeah. out with my wife, yeah, right? Of course. And and so I think the cool thing is like even even now I'm gonna have an aha moment because like I think our marriage is built with creativity and hospitality working together. Um, but what I what I think is so key for for the worship leaders listening is that it's so easy to get in this mindset, right? Where it's like, um, man, what can people do for me? Man, we just auditioned this great guitarist. When's the next time he can play? Cause it's mm -hmm. going to sound amazing. Mm -hmm. Or wow, we got a drummer who not just locks in with the click, but brings like some dope ideas to the right, table. Right. When's the next time we can get him on for how he can play. Right. But I think what they're looking for is not necessarily, Oh, how can I get my creative energy? Out? It's, it's, is how can I belong to something that's bigger than just me? Totally. How can I, how can I feel like a part of a family? Talk about that a little bit because because it really does seem. Now I've never personally visited Grace City, but from what I've heard and from what I see, um, it really does feel like family. Thanks, what, what do you guys do to create that atmosphere 
Um, and then even let's let's talk a little bit about discipleship, right? Because yeah. like you got such an opportunity to to disciple young leaders and moms and dads and people from all walks of life through the gift of worship. Like, what does discipleship and family look like in a culture like Grace City, Chase? Yeah, absolutely. I I think on the on that culture side, and Chris Hodges wrote a book called Fresh Air, maybe mm. maybe seven years ago, eight years ago. It was when we were planning the church, and it's all about the breath of God. And it's wow. and it's all about does every room feel like fresh air? Does the rehearsal wow. when you walk into my rehearsal, does it feel like fresh air? When you walk into the green room, does it feel like fresh air? Does it does it feel like the spirit of God? Like, and that was just a really practical thing that we thought about early on, and and fighting for that, right? Like fighting for like, man, I'm not gonna walk on eggshells around this person if this person makes me feel crunchy. <laughs> It's like we're gonna have we're gonna have a we're gonna have a chat, you know what I mean? And like really, wow. and not and not being overly aggressive, not like in an aggressive way, but like in a, hey, let's protect this, like let's protect how our rehearsals feel and how our services feel, and that's wow. that's just been that's been really really important to us for sure. Man, that's so cool because I think in a day and age where yeah, you can easily get in that eggshell mentality. I I think. You know, you just mentioned the Hillsong documentary. And I think I think the spirit of offense is at an all time high. Oh, no right? Doubt. I mean, just it's almost like people are just there's the cynical lens that sadly has crept into the church. And I think I think, man, like we don't really have I, I just read this book by Brant Hansen and and it's really challenged me to never get offended. You yeah. know, like it's almost like like Jesus laid down the right to get offended. Like even when he was, you know, it, Literally, they encountered the woman caught in the act of adultery. Jesus wasn't offended by that. Like, right? He he loved her in that moment and called her to greater things. And I think, you know, it's so easy to get caught in a spirit of offense, especially on worship teams. Well, I didn't get to lead that song that oh, I love. Oh no, doubt. Oh man, oh man. You know, they they set me off the team because I'm, I'm, you know, of whatever. I mean, you know, and the laundry list can go on and on and on. I mean, dude, how do you? What maybe? And this is something totally out of left field, Chase. But you know, I think. I can gather from just hearing like there's with the spirit of grace comes a spirit of joy, you know? Mm, mm, right. and, and, and I think when you find a church that just has, the, there's a joy, like you talked about fresh air, like you're walking into rooms, there's that fresh air feel like there's not a spirit of offense there. Like, I don't think offense can exist where there's fresh air. Sure. Like, how do you, how do you keep that? And then maybe even let's, let's lean back into like your songwriting. Like, how do you write songs that inspire people to, to live with joy and to pursue grace and hospitality and creativity. How do you write songs that basically say this is a space with fresh air? I think that if going back to the offense thing, if I pivoted my life or I took a, I took a hard left or a hard right every time I got offended, I would have never been able to build anything over the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Like SEU worship wow. would have never happened. The Grace City would have never happened. The music would have never happened. I've, so I've never, I would have never like, like, you know, signed as a staff writer label. Like, I don't know. Like if every time you get offended, um, you, you make a, a left or a right turn hard, you just don't have longevity to build anything of, su of substance, you know? And, and I, I've wow. known, and I've known that, like in my life, I'm just going, man, like God, I want to, I want to build something. I want, I want to do, I want to, um, and I haven't always got the timing right, you know. Like I haven't, I have, honestly, I haven't always got the timing right. But to the, to the best of my ability, like, 
like, God, I'm, I want to build something. I know that takes time to put roots down. I know it takes time to build something real. And then I think when you are offended, like, it's okay to get offended. And some of the things, going back to that documentary, there's a lot of real things to get offended about. And there's a lot of things that uh, a ch- that church messed up on. You know what I mean? A church that I wow. love and a lot of people in it that I love personally and know personally. Yeah. Um, but when those things happen... Uh, and I think so many leaders at that church, uh, you know, led led that way as well. That's why you have so many mes- amazing leaders coming out of Hillsong, is uh, that you just you let it kind of inform your ma- mind. You know what I mean? When I'm offended, I'm going to go, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to forgive this, but I, but I'm also informed about the future. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to jerk the wheel to like I'm not to a hard left, hard right. I'm going to let it just kind of, uh, you know, inform me on my future roadmap. I'm going to let it, of, 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 you know, inform wow. me uh, and, and just keeping. Uh, everything de-escalate. <laughs> yeah, my pastor is so good at de-escalation. You know what I mean? He's so good at just like when people come in upset or X, Y, Z about whatever, or even just, you know, terrible things happening in families or whatever. Like I've just learned, I've learned so many great lessons from Pastor Andrew. Like in one of those is just de-escalation of just being like, man, can we, can we de-escalate things, just see things as they are and, and let them inform it, inform us on the future? Um, that, that's been really, that's really, that's really, really huge. And I think an important, um, and a way of overcoming offense. I'm going to be chewing on that for a little de-escalation, the art of de-escalation. That's right. That yeah, sounds no, like no. a book title right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's write I mean, it. dude, it's so good. Well, I mean, here's the deal. It's like, you know, and we, we hear this all the time in the church world. You can be a thermostat or you can be a thermometer. One correct. sets the temperature, correct. one takes the temperature. Correct. correct. And I think that's the, that's the art of de-escalation, right? It's like, um, one of the things that uh, Mark Batterson so brilliantly uh, brought up when we, when we were talking last was, you know, I can be an anxious presence or I can be a peaceful presence. Yeah. You know, one, one's going to raise the temperature. One's going to bring it back down and cool things out. And I mean, literally, that's the definition of de-escalation, right? It's, it's like bringing things down yeah. to a chill level. It's Not everything is an emergency. Not everything Absolutely. Uh, is something that's going to cause you to leave, leave the church. Yep. And uh, man, that's so good, dude. Well, Chase, I got to ask this because, you know, obviously uh, you've not just written songs with with Jesus Culture, but with so many different artists, Leland. I mean, the list goes on. As a songwriter, where are you pulling from inspiration like right here, right now? Um, you know, and especially when, when it comes to being a staff writer on a label uh, and maybe explain that role a little bit for for people that what, what does a staff writer do? Um, yeah. You know, because you're constantly in that songwriting mode. How do you a how do you find fresh inspiration continuously? And then, yeah, B, what does that look like to be a staff writer with a record label? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I, the idea of a staff writer would be, uh, you know, you're, you're part of a small team for that label working to help their artists find their best songs. And so uh, I, I, I always come to the party with some cookies. You know what I mean? I always come. I don't, I don't come <laughs> I love to, it. I don't come to the party without some, without some cookies. And so for me, I'm, I'm just always going, <laughs> what's in my cookie jar? And what's um, and I, I think to me that's melodies, that's um, you know a running note you know on my phone of Bible stories or maybe it's a cool title or maybe it's a cool you know idea and and maybe always mm. kind of trying to curate a list of fifteen to twenty of those and to where I wow. can I can when I walk into a, a room with usually a pretty anointed person you know like some of that mm. that God's already doing some sometimes not. <laughs> but yeah, like, right, but right. Like there some, is the but, other but, side. But uh, but a lot of times, pretty anointed person. God's doing something, you know. Pretty, you know. He brought up Leland. Like, man, God's doing something amazing in his life. So when I, when I get yeah. into the room with him, it's like, man, what what do I have that could 
could fan his flame, you know, or like, um, wow. and, and then, you know, sometimes they're, they're not interested and they got this other idea and they just need that idea fleshed out. Um, you know, they, mm-hmm. and they have a, you know, a chorus that they want to kind of bring into a hold. They need help on the verse. They're stuck on a bridge, X, Y, Z. Um, so that's a fun, fun part of my life, man. And, and I've, I've been really, really grateful for, and, um, and, and, and is definitely a gift and, and you got to have, you got to have, we will go back to that self-confidence thing, right? Like the best leaders on my team, the best like people, and I'm preaching to myself when I walk into those kind of like rooms is like a hundred percent confidence, a hundred percent humility. Like living in wow. that, living the best leaders I know, they're a hundred percent confident. They're a hundred percent humble um, because I'm a pretty wow. in- insecure person. You know what I mean? Naturally, I'm not like the fine arts champion, you know, as a kid or like, <laughs> like growing up, like winning contests. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I'm a pretty yeah. insecure, insecure person. So this like looking at the life of David and, wow. and looking, you know, at the way he lived as a conquered king, man. I've, you know, he talks about he's been conquered by the presence of God when he, when he marched, you know, the Ark wow. of the Covenant back into the holy city and he was naked and he was dancing. Like he was just giving this whole thing of saying, man, I've been conquered. The Ark represented the presence of God. And he's saying, man, I've been conquered. He's, he's like, I'm, I'm going to rule as a conquered king. And, it, and I wow. really want to, I want to live that way too. In in the writing rooms, as a pastor, as someone else that, that is submitted to pastoral authority on a team, it's like, man, I'm just trying to live in that 100% humble, 100% uh, confident mode. And that's, that's much easier said than done, especially in, in certain writing rooms. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I mean, dude, talk about some of the inspiration that you're pulling from. Are you, are you just constantly living in the Psalms? Are you listening to sermons and like taking down lyric fuel? Or are you just kind of like any given moment, the idea strikes, you're one of those voice memo guys. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, when yeah, just kind of capturing the creativity. Yeah, totally. I, I, I think I, I think I have a definitely a download, you know, from heaven as far as like always just trying to get melodies into a phone or just randomly that kind of stuff happening all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think um, also, there's just a lot of there's an idea of common grace, right? That God's revealing His goodness, and every good and perfect thing comes from above. So, like even in secular music, there's a lot of awesome things happening. And so, I used to say, like, man, when I got writer's block, I'd go to a, a Walmart and buy a CD or whatever. But it's like no one buys CDs anymore. So I think, like for me, it's it's <laughs> like going to you know the top 50 global playlist on Spotify or top 50 USA, wow. and just going like, what's what's God doing in music outside of Christian music and what's, where's the goodness and what's, what's the things that could maybe inspire me and, and get me uh, past my own, you know, writer's block. I'm in, I'm in so much church. So I wish I would say it was, it was sermons, but I'm in, like, like you said, you got four services. I got four services. I'm in so much church. I don't usually (laughs) listen to like sermons outside of church. And, uh, and then with Christian music, like um, I'm, I'm trying to have a unique voice in that too. So I'm, I'm, I try not to listen to too much of it. Um, maybe like Christian mm-hmm. rap. I really like, there's some, actually some really good Christian rap happening. So I listen I listen to that. Um, but like, I don't really listen to Christian music because I want to have a unique voice and, and not be, uh, yeah, too, too overly influenced by others. Yeah. I think, uh, sometimes when you listen to so much of the genre that you're aiming for, you just become white noise. Right. right? It's right like, exactly. How, how is this any different than exactly. anything else? Exactly. Oh man, that's so good. Well, dude, Chase, this conversation has been uh, not only inspiring, but really challenging in many ways. And, um, you know, one of the things I've been asking everybody that's been a guest this year is, uh, man, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? Um, You know, if it could be something just personal that you're just kind of letting marinate in your own life, or it could be something that you feel like the Holy Spirit has given you one of those downloads that's like, man, maybe this is for the body of Christ at large. What's he he speaking to you right now? Yeah, I think you'll feel this too. 
I think there's a, a presence-oriented thing happening right now, and more mm. and more more than performance-oriented thing, and, and I, I think that that's what's happening in the church, and it's it's not it's um and it's not even like loud and crazy, it's like reverence, it's like the fear of God, um that that is happening I feel like in churches and in worship m- movements right now across. America of it's it's no longer about the lights. Turn the lights down a little bit. Turn 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 the flashers down. Turn mood movers down. Turn the house lights up a little bit. Um, mm. there, there's like a really special thing happening that people just want. Re- you know, look at what happened at Asbury. Like, there's some really yeah. special yeah. things happening across America right now that don't have to do with performance. And so, don't if I'm speaking to any kind of leaders like. Don't don't get in your head about performance. Like don't get in your head about, man, is the mix just right? Is the lighting the way I want it to look like? And really go after the presence of God. And and more so than that, that's kind of people are sometimes like, what does that mean? It means take care of the people on your team. It means like wow. t- taking care and making sure that they're they're close, that I'm a good representation of a pastor to them, that I'm a good I'm I'm living an example to them week in week out. Like there's something really pure happening right now. I think across the nation in that way, and that's that's what I'm sensing. And I'm sure you can relate. Absolutely, man. That's so good. It's such a great reminder. Um, you know, it's it's the production and presence balance has always been part of the conversation, uh, at least in our teams. And I think you are seeing that. You're seeing a hunger for the presence of God. You're seeing a pursuit of the presence of God. And uh, man, it's something that we can see in your writing. We can see happening at Gray City. Thanks, uh, everything that you're a part of, Gray, Thanks, uh, Chase, Chase, it's just inspiring, man. I'm excited to uh, to see this podcast hit ears and uh, hopefully inspire more and more leaders to just actively pursue the presence of God. Thanks so much for your time, dude. It's been right back at you, Curtis. So fun. Thanks again. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.